I wonder, if you were going to have a baby, would you like to know the sex of that child? Now, we know when you go and have that scan, you get asked that question, don't you? And mum's there with a gel on her tummy, dad's sitting there expectantly, and you're looking at this incredible technology, and you're thinking, mm, do we want to know, do we want it to be a secret? Well, there is a new technology available, and it's available in Australia as of today. And basically, a simple over-the-counter urine test might well tell you the sex of your child, even after only a few weeks. There's some controversy about, about this whole plan, whether it works, whether it's appropriate, and the consequences of it. Let us know what you think, one 720 Dr Ted Weaver is the President of the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetrics and Gynaecology. Dr Weaver, good morning to you. Good morning. Now, it's available in our chemists. Uh, it's being sold as a fantastic new way of finding the sex of an unborn child. And it refers to a confidential element found in the hormones of women pregnant. That's... That's what they target it. This test finds that confidential element. What is that confidential element? Well, it's a confidential element. We, we, we don't know. I tried to find out what it is, but I can't. And it's always suspicious in science when people won't tell you what they're doing. So, I mean, presumably it's, it, you know, it, would, it would have to be, I would think, some sort of metabolite of a hormone that, that would be more likely to be elevated if the mother's got a male fetus as compared to a female fetus. So how do you feel about this being available to people in chemists? Well, I think that, that it's a, it, it becomes an element of choice so that, so that if this is available, we'll know that people will use it. Now, the, the, I suppose the thing that we'd be worried about is what they would use it for. And so the, the, the issue, I suppose, is, is would people then use it to do something so that if they particularly wanted to have a boy or a girl, well, then would they perhaps use this test as a basis to do an early termination of pregnancy. That would be one concern. Yeah. And the other concern is that the test is only 90% accurate, so that people might predicate all sorts of things like painting the nursery or buying all sorts of different coloured clothes for their child based on the results of this test at eight weeks and then find that, that, at, that at term, at the end of their pregnancy, they get the other sort. And that itself you know, has been shown to perhaps cause some problems. Yeah, so no problem at all that women have these choices, but you want those choices to be valid ones. Exactly. And we want a test that they're promoting this test. Well, the test should be 100% accurate, not, not 90% accurate. On, yeah. that, on that basis, should it be on our chemist shelves? You know, well, is there think, an, a, an efficacy, efficacy issue here that, that should, be, um, should be addressed before it gets onto the shelves, or is it just another product? It's just another product, I think. I think that, it, that, that people need, can go into it knowing that, that, that it, it does this, that, it, that it's got this capability of perhaps um, finding out that the, um, that the, the sex of your child to an accuracy of 90%. Is that valid or not? Well, I think I haven't seen any, any really good scientific study backing up the, the, the validity of this test, but presumably the manufacturers have done something. But... Is, is it something that women will do? Well, there will, no doubt will be women who'll use this test. But what what should they do as a result of the test? Well, I think that's a bit an area of some debate. For sure. You're listening to Dr Ted Weaver from the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetrics and Gynaecology, one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Would you, did you want to know the sex of your unborn child and why?
that's an easy way of getting in to the subject to ask you and and do you understand these concerns about whether people might actually terminate pregnancies on the grounds of sex selection that's the bit i guess we struggle to uh, to, to comprehend to some extent one three hundred triple two seven twenty dr weaver in the in the whole time you've been involved in the obstetric career um have attitudes changed? Do more and more of us want to know uh, when we're having that certain when we're having that ultrasound, let's say at 15 weeks or whatever, uh, the sex of our, our child? Yes, I think that's certainly true. That that people more and more these days would want to find out. I'd say um, well over half of women would want to find out. And what do you think the motivation is for that? I think it's just having certainty going forward about what they're having, and I think a lot of people like to plan about you know what to do they they just they they don't like the surprise at the end and so um god knows why but they don't yeah um and on the and on the issue of people considering terminating pregnancies if they had this information how much of a a, a danger or a risk do you think that would be well i think i i do think that there would be women that that would use this as a, a yeah for a reason for terminating a pregnancy if they particularly wanted a a, a particular sex then you could certainly foresee that they would do that. And termination of pregnancy itself, though safe, is not without risk. So the other thing is that the test could be wrong and that, that, that they, they could be terminating a child thinking that it's one sort, but it's in fact the other. It would, and so, yeah, it would seem like the real big issue is the, is the accuracy of this test and, and the, 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 the validity behind it all. Yes. Exactly. Thanks for talking to me this morning. No problem. Dr. Thank Ted you. Weaver from the Royal Australian. It's a very long business card, isn't it? The Royal Australian uh, College of... Oh, now it's gone off the screen. We know it's very long. Uh, Dr. Ken Harvey is from La Trobe University's School of Public Health. Dr. Harvey, good morning to you. Good morning. Now, these kind of products emerge, I assume, because there's a belief that we want to have them. What, what, what benefits or otherwise do you see by having something like this stocked on our pharmacy shelves? Look, these products often emerge because the sponsor sees that there's a way of making a lot of money um, from fulfilling at least a perceived need, and I think we need to be clear about that. Um, again, uh, the, I share the concerns of Ted Weaver. Uh, there is no scientific evidence in the public domain that this test is accurate at all. Um, I did a quick scan on the uh, medical databases uh, for the name of the product. It doesn't occur. I looked at the American website. It was uh, a few, uh, a couple of pregnant ladies uh, who thought it would be good to uh, devise a test and went to some manufacturer and lo and behold, we have a test. Now, you know, the prime promotion says 90% accurate. The fine print's now sort of saying perhaps 80% accurate. Uh, there is no scientific evidence at all um, that uh, gives us any confidence in those figures. So... My belief is that this probably is a test designed to make money. Uh, we've seen them before. I think it's of dubious accuracy. I think the promotion of it breaches the Therapeutic Goods Advertising Code, and I will be submitting a complaint uh, along those lines. Yes. It, and it also raises an interesting question of who's meant to regulate such tests. Well, you, you ask yeah. the question, you know, how, how do we know whether it's accurate? Should someone be determining whether a test is accurate before it's flogged in the newspapers, on the internet, and in pharmacy shelves? Yes. And it, we have got a Therapeutic Goods Administration that um, some people believe should have some responsibility, but it's interesting that for these sort of tests, 
is no requirement. Well, that, um, that is curious because we spoke to the TGA this morning and they say it doesn't need their approval and we've asked them to give us an explanation why not and we're still, we're still well, waiting. Well, you know, this is an area that I'm fairly familiar with. Um, it's one of my, my areas of expertise. Now, the TGA, uh, as I say, the current situation is that there is no need um, for any regulation of any diagnostic test with the exception of tests for AIDS um, and hepatitis C. Those are the only tests that undergo um, pre-market assessment. Um, but they have actually um, produced a paper in February this year suggesting that perhaps that's not quite good enough and that perhaps uh, more should be done. And in the proposals, uh, then, and I think a test like this would be caught in some of the proposals, it's got public health significance and personal significance, yeah. um, then it, it would be required, uh, the manufacturer would be required to submit some information to the Therapeutic Goods Administration. But there is a four-year lead time before anyone has to do anything. Can we talk a little bit about the, the potential consequences of something like this from your perspective? Yeah, sure. Well, as I say, I'm a public health physician and I'm particularly interested in the public health consequences. And we know that uh, in, certain, um, in certain countries, and China, India, for example, um, even aminosynthesis, uh, which you know, is a test, as you, as you mentioned, done at the time of ultrasound, uh, which can determine the baby's, the baby's sex, has been used to abort large number of female uh, uh, infants uh, or female fetuses. Um, and that's caused an incredible sex imbalance, uh, particularly in, in China at mm. the moment, where one-child policy uh, leads to a precious male child being, for some reason, regarded more highly uh, than a, a girl child. And as a result, the precious males are going to have an awful lot of trouble finding partners and, mm. uh, and wives. Mm. So it, clearly there are public health uh, issues in having a test like this out there um, and there are some sections of the community um, that clearly uh, do um, value for their own reasons males rather than females and we've got the situation where almost certainly um, uh, the number of abortions would increase if this test remains freely available. You're listening to Dr Ken Harvey at 16 minutes after nine and I'm very keen to hear your views on this. Firstly, about uh, your interest in knowing the sex of your unborn child and whether you think uh, having a product on a chemist's shelf to supposedly help you know more about the sex of the child earlier or help you come to some kind of decision about that child's future. I'd like to know what you think. one 720 Dr. Yeah, Harvey... Yeah, let me, sorry, yeah. let me just reiterate. I yeah. mean, this is an unregulated, unproven test yeah. that's been allowed to get out there on the marketplace. Now, people can't make good decisions uh, when you've got a test that uh, lacks validity like that. Yeah, and now I guess that's the other thing. Uh, the other question is how many uh, goods making untested claims are on our pharmacy shelves? Well, that don't lead me into complementary medicines and uh, and those sort of things. But if I was to lead you into complementary <laughs> medicines, you would say? I would say, again, that the Therapeutic Goods Administration does not assess any complementary medicine for efficacy to see if it works or not. Yep. And again, uh, there are a large number of products out there making claims that bear no relationship to the scientific information available for them. Right. So but, stocking uh, this is entirely at the behest of the pharmacist. Well, that's right. But I mean, again, going back to our test for, uh, you know, Intelligenda, I mean, this is a $95 um, that uh, uh, you're being charged for a test of no proven efficacy uh, with significant public health uh, implications. Now, 
you know, there's a lot of money being made in things like this. And I come back to why is this out there? It's to make money, I believe. Dr. Harvey, we've spent many, many years trying to work out what the Colonel's 11 different herbs and spices are. Do you care to wager a guess what in the world a confidential element might be in this test that gives it a, a supposed 90% success rate? I think it's a marketing gimmick, and I don't believe... I, I mean, I remain to be convinced, and I'd love to see the evidence that it actually works. And as I say, normally, uh, if proper scientists uh, are developing a test, then they publish reports in the scientific literature. It's available uh, on the Internet uh, through uh, various uh, databases. And again, the first one's usually not well-believed, quite rightly, because the enthusiasts who do it uh, often um, are more enthusiastic about the results than independent assessment. So we look for multiple tests uh, done by independent people to determine the true validity uh, of both a, a diagnostic test or a drug. Now, this hasn't got that. Um, it's, again, I just believe it's a marketing rip-off, quite candidly. Thank you for talking to me. Goodbye. Dr. Ken Harvey is from La Trobe University School of Public Health. Uh, we got some comment from the Therapeutic Goods Administration. We understand the Department of Health and Ageing are now going to have a look at this test. Your calls are up next. Talk to Jeff now. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Morning, Sue. Hi, Jeff. Uh, two comments. Uh, the first one, I'm afraid the previous speaker stole my thunder a bit, but nonetheless, I lived a number of years in China recently, and I can tell you if this gets loose in China, there will be millions of baby girls aborted. Mm. Millions. Mm. What worries me about this is the long term, as the other chap said, you know, 20, 40 years down the track, what on earth is going to happen? The second comment is... I'm not a doctor, but I'm a mum. Mm. And I can tell you, I never wanted to know because I think the gender of your baby is one of the last great surprises and miracles that the universe has for you. Uh, I would completely agree with you, Sue, although I think Natalie uh, is one of those people who has a pretty good reason to need to know. Hi, Natalie. Good morning, Jeff. Tell us about your story, Natalie. Um, well, I actually had to uh, know the, the sex of my baby due to the fact that um, I'm a haemophilia carrier. And I wanted to um, make the decision to, um, well, just to be informed as to know the sex that I was carrying because um, a member of my family actually had a boy uh, with severe haemophilia. And just the thought of going, not only my you know, supposed son going through that, but myself as well. And to actually know earlier would have saved a lot of stress. Mm, mm. That's. Would you be comfortable using something that is untested? It's not validated by the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Um, it, it would be like going and having your tarot tarot read, as far as I'm concerned. Would you Would you buy it and trust it? Um, not too sure. I probably would have a go, but I wouldn't. You know, you know, hedge on my bets against it. Mm. Just, um yeah, I just think that it, it's good that there's perhaps something out there that's actually starting to sort of filter into the market that um, so you don't have to go through all these, you know, numerous tests as I, as I did. And it was just, yeah, it was actually really quite quite stressful and to the point where, I mean, I actually ended up having a girl in the end. Yes. But, um, you know, I was, I was, it's actually um, helped me to decide not to actually have any more children because I really don't want to go through all that again. Yeah, Natalie, thank you very much for being so candid. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. 222 I'm sure I'm being naive here, um, but I, I can't imagine the idea of um, 
uh, a child being terminated on the basis of gender. What we had three girls, we want a boy. Oh no, we're having another girl. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. If you've got a view to share on that, I'd like to hear it. Uh, Jeff, uh, we had five kids and never found out their sex. It would ruin the surprise, and we got pregnant to have these children. Who cares what sex they are? I'm just happy to have them. And Duncan says, nice advertising, Jeff. I'd be thrilled to bits if my pocket was being filled through the sale of this product because of the free media. Well, Duncan, I think the argument is, I don't think we're advertising a product. I think there are other quite important questions to ask here about um, what are these doing on, on the shelves of our pharmacies. I think there's an arg another argument that says go to a pharmacy these days and you can find just about anything. It might be the latest kind of lose weight fast, uh, come behind this cardboard petition and ask me now. Um, I'd be interested to know what you think on that. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. 720 Thank you very much for this. Uh, Jeff and team, I bought myself a new iPod to keep me entertained whilst driving around at work, but thanks to your show, I haven't been able to turn it on yet. Keep it up. Nice to hear. If you'd like to be part of the program, send emails to Damien, wmornings at your.abc.net.au. Good morning. Did you know the gender of your children before you had them? Oh, I had a feeling. <laughs> uh, my wife's feet began to grow. No. Um, and did you care? Uh, no, I didn't. I was... I. I no, I absolutely didn't care. I just want to know, just you want know a safe, that, healthy child. You know that absolute cliche that drives parents nuts after they've heard it 30 times? As long as it's well, as long as it's yeah. all that. <laughs> and we start saying, you know, as long as it's human. Um, right. But, but no, we didn't want to know. Okay, I wanted to know. Did you? Just, so, just yeah, to bond with the child. So you get some sense of who, who's in there. What, because you, if it was a boy, you'd start sort of knocking a soccer ball around and yeah. talking about Bolton. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My two children are now... Young white supporters. Yeah, and uh, and for Hannah, was and it once you knew knew you were having a girl? Did you spend all your time going? Now, Hannah, I know you're not born yet, but when boys are sixteen, they can be. <laughs> once we knew, then we and then we settled on a name and we referred to her by name. Anyway, that's just me. We spoke about um, this new product you can buy at certain pharmacists. Yes, that will tell you the gender of your child. Yeah, and we spoke to to Ken Harvey from Latrobe. Ken's actually, Dr. Ken Harvey's actually put in a complaint to the Therapeutic Goods Administration asking them to look very, very closely at this. Um, and he says, my concerns are as follows. I cannot confirm the claims made for the accuracy of this test from the published scientific literature, i.e. the manufacturer can provide no scientific proof mm. of what they say they do. Uh, secondly, regardless of accuracy, the availability and promotion of this test is likely to encourage abortion of female fetuses among some sections of the Australian community. Mm. This has both ethical and potential public health consequences. And lastly, given the aggressive marketing of this product and the public health implications, I suggest the TGA request the sponsor to withdraw the pro product to enable the TGA to conduct a properly performance conformity assessment. Well, after listening to him and listening to Norman a little bit later on, um, it, it is right, I think, that the TGA, as long as they've got enough resources, be pushed quite hard because these things matter to people. And if our pharmacy shelves are going to be just filled with products that, that have no evidence-based uh, you know, testing, then, yeah. then what are we buying? Belief.